to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Randy, folks, welcome. Welcome to the Gym Podcast. Week 10. The Pole Assassin episode. Pole Assassin episode. Stay tuned. We got a lot of poll analysis coming up here. Um, wow, what a what a week. Mostly with off the field news, but what a week, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, and why the poll assassin is, I was thinking about something. And when you think about it, you can name any random fact about a state and then say, that says a lot about their football team, and it almost always works. True. Let me give you an example. Did yeah. you know Kool-Aid was invented in Nebraska? That really <laughs> says a lot about Nebraska football. <laughs> it does. Did you know did you know alligators and crocodiles only coexist in the world in Florida? That really says a lot about Florida football. It does. I don't know what it says, but it says a lot. It says a lot, doesn't it? Dude, this whole poll assassin thing, here's the thing. Like, I feel like this could only happen to Texas. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. honestly, I was thinking, because, like, this coach, the special teams coach, dude, used to coach at Bama, right? Like, he was previously. He did. Here's the thing. Us and Texas A&M fans have known about Pole Assassin and the Monkey for a while. Are you serious? I thought, we thought everybody else was aware of it. I just, I mean. This is just like I Bama's just luck, dude. Like, this is Bama's luck versus, like, Texas's luck. Right? Like, you guys. This doesn't become a story while he's here. Exactly. And now, like, everyone <laughs> associates it with Texas and Sark. And, I mean, that's their legacy, dude. Like, I think this is probably, like, this is a, a good, um, you know, like, kind of like chapter. In, in Texas sports history. We had like the Texas back era. I think we're now in the pole assassin era. Is that fair to say? I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of poles being assassinated. This... Oh, go on. I was going to say, is this baggage even worth it for a special teams coordinator? I mean, come um, on. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Like, no, no, I, I don't think it is because like, you know, here's the thing. Special teams, when they work well, you don't even notice. You know what I mean? Like, a good special teams unit, you just don't even think about. We, we, we really only think about bad special teams, right? And so, like, I, I interpret special teams coordinators as just, like, a dime a dozen, right? Like, you can probably hire one off the street if you look hard enough. How hard can it be to be a special teams coordinator? I mean, I mean honestly, like, I, I'm going They can lose you some games if you have a wrong one, if you have a bad one. Like, look at Iowa State. They lose almost all of their games on horrible special teams. Nebraska loses a lot of games on just horrible special teams. Just get a new one. Teams. But just get a new it's not like, a new one. It's not like hiring well, a good DC, you know? You make it's, it sound so easy. If it, it was that be. easy, they would not have terrible special teams. I don't know, man. And I'm what not... I'm really getting at is, like, what, what level does a coordinator have to be for it to be worth the baggage of, they left their wife and four children for a stripper named Pole Assassin <laughs> that has a monkey that bites children. That's true. Do you think has he has he been let go yet? I haven't like followed up on the story. Like, I don't think he... he's gonna be let go. I think it was like so. I read the story. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, a child snuck into like a gate, a back gate. I, I saw the gate. I saw the video. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess. I mean, it wasn't just like they had a monkey walking around. It was yeah, a child yeah. in their backyard, and apparently there was a monkey there. I mean, yeah. to be fair to that child, who expects a monkey in somebody's uh, backyard? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, honestly, it's, the whole story is just bananas. Um, it's bananas. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, God. But yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder, like, if I was Texas, dude, honestly, I would just I would just fire him. Just, just move on. Just, just try to forget it. Because the thing is, if this guy stays here... A pole assassin is going to be tied to Texas's like name 
indefinitely. I mean, yeah, you know? it's going to be tied to them no matter what. But it's, I don't think it's a fireable offense. I mean, it's not like <laughs> it, it's not a scandal. It's just a very funny, wild story. It is very wild. Yeah, and the whole like leaving the wife and kids thing. That's just it's like that's, sad. okay. That's it's that's sad. a little scummy. Like you can't honest, fire like. someone for that. But like the thing is, man, with coaches, like part of your job is being in the public. You know, and like being and a part public of that figure. is like raising young men too. Yeah. You need to set an example for young men. And like yeah. my thing is like if I if I left my wife, I don't have children, but if I left my wife and kids, like I I wouldn't be comfortable staring my coworkers in the face and like talking to them. Like I'd feel embarrassed. Yeah, this guy has no shame, dude. Like he has to have no shame. Like, Absolutely. Just but man. <laughs> Story of the year, I'd say. Like, off-season story of the year so far. It's going to be hard to top this one for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, shall we recap uh, last week's games? we got a few games I wanted to talk about. Um, ready, if you're ready. So, I mean, the, the first one right off the gate that I wanted to real quick talk about, um, Wisconsin. I was at it. Camp Randall, Saturday morning, nice and sunny. We defeated number nine, number nine, Iowa, 27-7. to uh, my biggest takeaway from this game, this is the first game all season where we had zero turnovers, and sure enough, we were pretty much able to dominate because of that. Uh, really, the, the crux of our offense this season, it hasn't been like, you know, like I get it, Graham Mertz has had some issues with accuracy and not putting up a lot of yards, but really, the, the real killer has been the turnovers. But listen, no fumbles, um, no, no, no picks, obviously, and as a result, yeah, I mean, we're Wisconsin, man. We run the ball. We play conservative, but we run the ball effectively, and that's going to be good enough to win you games in the Big Ten. And uh, I'm just, I'm real happy. We control our own destiny in the Big Ten West. Five and three ranked, which we'll talk about later. Um, we've, we've come a long way from one and three, if you recall how I was feeling after that uh, Michigan game. Um, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm quite proud of the way that, you know, this locker room has turned it around. From what I can tell, uh, the play calling looks a lot better. Graham Mertz, they put him in in plays that he can actually execute with, like the play action. Yeah, I actually saw them throw it on first down every once in a while, just enough to keep the defense honest and to get Graham Mertz some open receivers. Yeah, I remember last week he talked about watch out for the seventeen year old running back, hey, and hey. I saw him get a lot of really good carries. He he was really good. He's tough. Yeah, I'm 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 happy. Like again, I we're not going to beat Ohio State if even if we make the Big Ten West championship. But um, well, you're on destiny, right? We we do we do. But I'm I'm just happy that it, it feels like this season still has hope and it's not a complete bust, which really is all I could ask for after the first four games. <laughs> and it does kind of lead into like what what can you build into for next season? Exactly. Yeah. Especially I mean, Graham Mertz, he's only a sophomore, man. Unfortunately, uh, but we're, we're kind of stuck with him. For the next few years. So, might as well make the most of it, you know. Uh, beyond that, there was a game that was going on at the same time as the Wisconsin game that I unfortunately couldn't see much of. Of course, I'm talking about number 8 Michigan State defeating number 6 Michigan, 37-33. to 33. I, I imagine you were able to tune into this one a little bit more, Randy? I did watch it. See, Alabama had a bye week, so I was easily able to have multiple games up. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker is the real deal. He's definitely propelled himself into the Heisman conversation yeah. with everybody else. He is extremely good. Uh, their quarterback is okay. I mean, Michigan State is a pretty... I don't, They look like a very prototypical Big Ten team, but just yeah. like executing well. Yeah. The fact that they were able to fight back, get two two-point conversions in the fourth, third and fourth quarter, late in the third, early in the fourth, is really amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know if it's as much on them or as much as like just another Harbaugh collapse. <laughs> what does Harbaugh, he... no, he's not for doing this. I know, I know what you mean. Like an elite early, like off of talent alone, and then just kind of stall. Other team makes adjustments, you fail to adjust as well, and just kind of fall apart in the end. That's kind of what it, it sounds it was like. As much as he had one of the most untimely turnovers ever around midfield with like four minutes left in the fourth <laughs> quarter. In history of that. And then Michigan State, I want to give credit to Michigan State. There was two fourth down conversions. It was like fourth and one. Mm-hmm. And in both plays, they threw it deep downfield on fourth and four, fourth and one. And they got completions. That I think they scored on one of them. I'm not sure, but they that those both directly led to touchdowns. Yeah. Do you so think- that it was a mix of great play calling, knowing how to take advantage of Harbaugh, and for a second year coach out of Michigan State to already have Harbaugh's number, I beat him twice. True. I'm I'm still not totally sold on the you know Mel Tucker hype train, um, but I it's cool to see Michigan State. You know, being good again, I guess. It, it felt like they were in maybe like a five-year slump. Ever since that playoff appearance where they faced you guys back in, what, like 2015? Uh, they've been pretty pretty low-key, not doing so hot. So I'm, I'm happy to see them, you know, kind of back into shape. Um, this is kind of what we had grown to expect out of Michigan State back in the early, you know, 2010s. So uh, it's cool to see. I will say... The, I actually remember talking to you about Mel Tucker. Yeah. And I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. Really? I actually am starting to buy into him now. Oh, why is that? Because the only reason is because of how he's just able to already have Harbaugh's number. And it seems like he's a step <laughs> ahead of him in coaching. He outcoaches him in both games they've played. And I think that that's at least a telling sign that he's the real deal. Yeah. I think, I mean... And I don't see him going to LSU, by the way. Yeah, that's going to be the real thing. I, I'm i seeing so many people, like USC fans, LSU fans, bringing up his name into the kind of the, the mix, uh, especially no at LSU. He has no reason to leave right now. He has no reason to leave. He's building something. It seems like he, he's enjoying, you know, the gig here. Um, but on the other hand, I do get it. You know, kind of strike while the, while the fire's hot. Um, it, it, there's not too many job openings quite like USC or LSU, and any given season. And this year there are two of them. So I wouldn't blame him if he left, but on the other hand, I think if he goes to LSU, it's going to be, it's a very different environment, you know, winning at Michigan state versus winning at LSU. I I don't know if they're really all that comparable. How you do versus how Saban does. Exactly. Exactly. And and recruiting, you know, like that's, that's a pretty big factor in the sec. I just, I don't know if he's, if he's a good fit for that. I think he's a good fit at Michigan state. I don't think he's a good fit for the sec. I agree. All right, one final game, keeping it in the SEC here, that I wanted to touch base on. A game I, I know you're quite passionate about, that I know you watched. Okay. Number one, undefeated Georgia, defeating Florida 34-7. to Oh, here's the thing. Georgia had a great game. Georgia <laughs> won the game. They did. You know, all the credit in the world. But it's like their offense plays to not lose, and I don't think that style of offense is going to get it done in the postseason. And I know Georgia fans – will care way more about the postseason at this point. They don't want to just get there and lose like Oklahoma does every year. Yeah. They can't you can't win with that type of offense. They're playing the quarterback that we thoroughly beat last year. Mm-hmm. And I know I know the meme the meme is every coach says we take it one game game at a time. It's a one game season. But they take it way too far. So for example, I feel like when Saban says that he says that, but he's at least aware of the fact that he's building one week at a time towards the postseason. Yeah. While with Georgia, I almost get the feel that they take it literally. They literally don't know that the postseason exists, and they take <laughs> it to the extreme with one game at a time. Where yeah. I'm going to prepare so hard to dominate this one game, and while to a degree you should do that, mm-hmm. 
you need to understand that, okay, like when you're playing some crap like Georgia Southern, you know, it's okay to think ahead a little bit in your game planning and try some things. And it's like they don't do that. Yeah. Also, one last note on Georgia. Um, they keep playing Stetson Bennett instead of JT Daniels. Yeah. I'm not sure if JT Daniels is still hurt. He's yeah. not 100%. Stetson Bennett had pretty bad numbers, actually. I'm looking at this. He had one touchdown, two yeah. interceptions. Two interceptions. He went two interceptions, yeah. He played pretty badly. And, um, well, I mean, Georgia won off key mistakes by Florida, an end of the half pick six. Yeah. Florida, they just let Florida implode on themselves because they're that undisciplined. That's what Florida's known for. Mm-hmm. The thing with JT Daniels is they need to play him as soon as they can. He needs to get. Yeah. These reps. He needs to build chemistry with the receivers, the tight ends. He yeah. needs to. They need to start building this team's chemistry and this team's morale around JT Daniels. That's going to bite them in the butt in the postseason if they don't do it as soon as possible. And it might already be too late. No, I, I completely agree, dude. And like you look at you look at Georgia's offense. Like yes, we know the defense is historically good, but man, like Florida had more total yards than Georgia. They exactly, had, and that's why. Know, and they they lost because of key mistake. Yeah. They had they outgained Georgia. They had more total yards than Georgia. A an actual team, no offense to Florida, <laughs> is going to be able to capitalize on all of that. And, and, and not, not make as many mistakes. You know, like exactly. Ohio State's not gonna turn the ball over that many times. Bama's not going to. Even Oklahoma's not going to. You know, so I I know to me, man, it feels like Georgia uh, as much as they are taking it a game at a time, they're also setting expectations way ahead of themselves. Like it seems so like, they already think they've won the, the national championship. That's kind of the vibe I get from Georgia fans, wouldn't you say? Exactly. And that's, I hear that all the time. I listen to Paul, Paul Feinbaum <laughs> show. That's a, yeah. a regular of mine. And I hear it from Georgia fans all the time. And even even last week, Paul got tired of it. And he said, can y'all actually beat Alabama before you keep talking trash? Exactly. Like, if they beat us, sure, I'll, I'll accept it. But they need to be a little more aware of the fact that we've beaten them six times in a row and they yeah. haven't actually won anything yet. It's it's the literal elephant in the room that they have to I, get past. I like it. You know, before they can it. even make the playoffs. Now, granted, they might be able to lose to Bama and still make the playoffs. We'll get to that. But yeah, even then, man, I like, if they lose to Bama, it just shows that, you know, they could be beat and that it probably won't take too much. So I, I, I still I still like Bama in the SEC Championship. I think, I think it's safe to say they'll be playing each other at this point. Um... And I, I'll be honest, Randy. I, I really like I like the, the the tides odds in this one. I do too. I do too. I'll go. I'll let you talk more about that when we get to the actual discussion of the college football playoff ranking. Well, perhaps we shall. Okay. We had the first yeah. first uh, first uh, playoff rankings come out last night. We're recording on Wednesday night. We decided to wait until after the the playoff um, rankings came out to discuss this. Uh, Randy, are are you as upset about the playoff rankings as I am? Well, upset is a very loaded. That's a very loaded question. It might be. It might be. Okay, I'm upset in the sense that I feel like Cincinnati is getting disrespected, but it's not about Cincinnati. There needs to be an actual set criteria that the committee needs to actually set out that says, do these things and you're in the playoff. Yeah. Do these things and you've earned your spot, but that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really bothers me more than anything about whatever. I don't really care about the rankings. It usually works itself out. But we're at the point where it's like even being an undefeated Power 5 champion doesn't guarantee you a spot. And that to me yeah. is silly. It's like <clears throat> whenever you whenever you just go off the eye test and like, look, 
I I do fully believe that Alabama is probably the second best team in the country as far as just like a power ranking style based on how we've improved, how we played since the A&M game, mm-hmm. etc. But at a certain point, these upsets need to actually mean something. There needs to be stakes. There yeah. needs to be drama. What's the point if you're just going to give mulligans to the great teams like mine? And I know this hurts my team to, for them to use this logic, but really... <laughs> What's the point of what's the point of even playing the games whenever you can give us a mulligan and just say, well, they have so much talent that they probably win in the postseason anyway. So go ahead and put them in. I, I because like agree. that's that's what's gonna happen every year. Yeah. We have that much talent. Georgia has that much talent. Ohio State has that much talent. Yeah. We always get the benefit of the doubt because I mean it's usually true. We were blue blood. But like usually isn't like you know the, the beauty of sports is like the unknown. And the unpredictability and the underdog, right? And sure, maybe Bama defeats Cincinnati nine times out of ten. But what if we just happen to roll into that one out of ten scenario where Cincy pulls off the upset? I know that would upset you, but you, you can understand why people would want to see that, right? You want to just I see the possibility. That. No, I, you know? I agree with them. So my thing is, that's my thing is, I mean, <clears throat> if you go undefeated, no matter who you are, you've at least earned the chance. Yeah. I mean, you should it, at least have a chance. G5 or P5, regardless, it is insanely difficult to go undefeated. You know, you have to, like you are a fundamentally very disciplined, very well-coached team to win every game. You know, it means you never let your guard down. And I think people forget that when they're assessing a lot of these G5 teams. They just assume it's free wins. And like, yeah, it, it, to an extent, it probably is easier than winning every game in a P5 schedule. But that doesn't mean it's easy, period. Like, it's still extremely tough. You know? And I've, I've always said that, to me, I think sometimes people put too much stock into specific losses versus specific wins mm-hmm. and even transitive property. But at the end of the day, I do still firmly believe that being undefeated should count for something and should be rewarded. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that said, it's kind of funny, though. You look at, like, Wake Forest undefeated at 9. That's a P5 team undefeated, ranked 9. You've got one, yeah, like... that's crazy. And I, know, I know their schedule is awful. Their schedule is, is awful. And I clown but... on them. I will clown on them later this episode. But still, like, even then, I can put my biases aside and the eye test aside and just say, here's where they are now. You know what I mean? It, it feels like a lot I'm of undefeated, these... give them a shot. Yeah, it feels like a lot of these rankings, it's like they're trying to extrapolate what's going to happen. Like, oh, we assume Bama's going to probably win out and be, you know, what, 11-1 and one when they face Georgia. They'll probably be, like, the number two team of the country by then. But they're not right now. And, like, we're looking at the present, not predicting the future. You know? And there's no reason to predict the future because it's going to happen. Like, we don't need to extrapolate. We're going to see the results in the coming weeks. You know what I mean? Part of that is they're afraid. I think part of that is they do this because they're afraid to leave one of the better teams out Mm -hmm. of the playoff. And, like, I kind of get that. But on the same token, I don't know. We, we still need to win our games, even if we play that. I, we do play a really tough schedule. I do want to point out that. we do. We, we yep. play a really tough schedule. Every team in the SEC West is going to end up going to a bowl game this year. Yeah. No, so I, it's tough. I completely understand that. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, Bama's going to get their shot regardless. Because, like, again, again, if Bama wins out and they beat Georgia, yeah, they're in. And, and they should be in because that's that's an insanely good resume. But, like, why why you know why put them two right now? Why put Cincy six right now? You know, like that's kind of the justification. Is like, why does this? Cincy has a top ten win, even based on the committee's rankings. Yeah, and, over Notre Dame. I mean, in general, this whole this whole poll is very biased against the G five. Um, Wisconsin is ranked as a result, which is laughable. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, we're five and three and ranked number twenty one. Like, we shouldn't be. 
like I'm happy we're ranked as a fan, but on the other hand, like I'm seeing people online saying this is dumb. Like why why is a three loss team ranked over like an undefeated G five school, right? And yeah, yeah I don't and have well, an explanation. You know? Not even being ranked, UTSA isn't even yeah, ranked. It's ridiculous. Undefeated. That's shocking, actually. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like I, I, I get to an extent. All of this is ESPN drama and Disney drama. They want people like us talking about this, getting upset about this. But at some point, dude, it's like compromising the integrity of the sport. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I agree. I, it feels like the fans are so fed up with this crap. And it gets worse and worse every single year that at some point it's like we're just going to like reach a breaking point where people are like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I, I don't care about the playoffs. It's just it, why? Why? Why should I care if I'm a fan of a G5 school? Like, you shouldn't. I will say I listened a few weeks ago to the uh, CFP commissioner, whatever he's called. <laughs> yeah. I listened to him give an interview on the Fine Bomb show. And yeah. the way he was talking was he was very open to the idea of expansion. Mm hmm. So part of me kind of weirdly wonders if this is all some sort of plan to just oh piss everybody off. Conspiracy? Dude, honestly, I could see it. Because, like, here's the thing. I mean, think about it. Expansion does help them. I think that's yeah. beneficial to them. More games, more money, more viewers. Yeah. Um, but they have to force it. They do have to force it and piss off people. And you just... I, here's my, my whole take on this. Whether they expand to 6 or 8 or 16, whatever it is, people are still going to be pissed off. Because at the end of the day, it's still going to be a committee... Of like I this disagree. mysterious, fa I I really think so, dude. There's gonna be drama when like five SEC teams make the the top eight. You know, there's always gonna be drama. Um, there's always gonna be drama, but that's why we love the sport. But the drama's not gonna be the drama's gonna be different. It's gonna be a much more welcome drama because it's not gonna be deserving teams or being left out of a playoff. Like at the so. end of the at the end of the day, I think people are going to be more willing to accept certain teams being left out of a playoff situation mm -hmm. if they know those teams have basically zero chance of winning it anyway. I mean, but we're at a point now where teams that look like they could win it are very much in fear of just being completely left out. Yeah, you know my whole theory on this. We've talked about this before, but I just wanted to put out there you know as well. Your whole theory, and I don't. Should we I might need it? to get into that later. I don't know. We're gonna save. Okay, I'll tell you what. This off season, let's have an episode dedicated to the playoffs, and we're gonna talk expansion all right. and all that. Because I've got a solution. I'm hyping it up now that will solve everything, and it's very simple. Okay, but we're okay. gonna find out. I'm, in the coming I'm, months. I'm willing to hear it when the time comes. When the time when, comes. That might be a guest episode. We'll see. <laughs> that, would, that would be fun to debate with people. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, like overall though, I I don't know, man. Like I, it's just. It's it's getting tiring. I think more than anything, it's just tiring because like I, I expected it to be this way, and it was this way, and I, I can't imagine this changing anytime soon. Just the, the the playoff committee's overall philosophy, I don't think is is ever going to change at this point. It's um, not, and it just kind of is what it is. And so I guess uh, until then, really all we can do is win the games and uh, hope that luck is on our side. Okay, real quick though. Before we move on um, to next week's slate of games, I think we wanted to real quick go through one by one, one through twenty-five, each team, state Get state the team of the rank, and just quick notes, our thoughts on them. Uh, so number, number one, one, yeah. How about you do the you do the talking, Randy? I do it. I'm usually the the presenter. <laughs> you number are. You are. Georgia. Uh, I, they earned it. I I think they're not. They're probably not going to win the Natty this year, but they are legit, and they they do deserve to be number one right now. I agree. They've earned it. I do think we beat them. Knock on wood. Let me knock knocked, on wood. Knocked, yeah. <laughs> I do think we beat them, but they've earned it. There's no reason not to have the number one. Number yep. two, Alabama. And I'll go ahead and say, oh. 
I understand why people are mad, but I <laughs> I do believe we are the second best team in the country based on how we're playing and and our improvement. Again, I would agree. Like, yes, with the eye test by by that metric, Alabama probably is number two. But again, on resume, they're not. And because of that, I am upset. Yeah, number three, Michigan State, undefeated. Oddly enough, I I don't think they really passed the eye test for number three. They have a really good resume, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm still not exactly sold. I think they're going to make a New York Six Bowl, but I, I kind of don't think they're going to win the Big Ten to make the playoffs. I lose to Ohio State, but I think they deserve all the credit in the world for that uh, for that Michigan win. That's fair. Also, quick fun fact, all four of the CFP coaches were on Saban's staff in 2015. Wow. That is a fun fact. All right, number four, Oregon at seven and one. Uh, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised actually. One saving grace from all this is that Oregon was ranked above Ohio State. I like that because obviously the one that head to head. So yeah, I'm I'm happy for Oregon being number four here. Yeah, I'm very happy for Oregon too. They've earned it. I'm glad the committee did something right. <laughs> yeah. Number five, speaking of Ohio State. Is Ohio State a seven and one? Yeah, I, I think that's about right as well overall. Um, listen, Ohio State, they're they're actually still really legit. I still think they won the Big Ten and probably beat Michigan State. Yeah, I agree. They've shown a lot of improvement, especially on defense and especially with their quarterback CJ Stroud. I think they do win the Big Ten. Number six, Cincinnati undefeated. Hon- yeah, I, I thought about it honestly. I I wish Cincinnati was swapped with like Michigan State. I think if they were, I'd feel a lot better uh, because I think people are still sleeping on Cincinnati. By far the best G5 team, perhaps the best G5 team, maybe since UCF. They deserve a shot at the playoffs. I think Cincinnati definitely has the argument for a best G5 team ever. At least in the playoffs. Maybe not ahead of maybe yeah. maybe not ahead of 1984 BYU. Yeah, but. Very legit. Very legit. They're very legit, but they have a top 10 win in Notre Dame. The committee obviously respects Notre Dame, so yeah. I don't see why they're <laughs> yeah. so low. Yeah, they do. They hate G5s, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, Michigan at seven and one. I, this is way too high. This is way too high. This is just like like blue blood bias, dude, honestly. Like, I, I think they should be ranked like top 15, maybe, but that was that was a pretty embarrassing loss to Michigan State. Not embarrassing that they lost, but the way they lost, the way they gave up at the end there. They should not have lost that game. Yeah, I agree. Number eight, Oklahoma undefeated. Uh, actually, pleasantly surprised. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. And it's actually kind of brave because Oklahoma is a blue blood and a big name. I'm surprised they <laughs> ranked an undefeated P5 team like this this low. But I, I think it's deservingly because Oklahoma really hasn't looked that impressive consistently throughout the year. just glad that the committee is seeing. This is another thing I'm glad they got right. I'm glad that they're seeing what we saw when they play Kansas and yeah. literally everybody where yeah. they just don't look like they want to be there. Exactly. Number nine, Wake Forest undefeated. Uh, man, this is this is tough because part of me hates Wake Forest and thinks they're frauds. Part of me thinks they've, you know, obviously they won eight games in a row. That's pretty impressive. I'd say this is about right. This is about fair with a side note that if they keep winning and they win the ACC, they should be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it is as simple as winning their end. It's just a matter of will they will they struggle once they play somebody that's really elite. Exactly. Yeah. Number ten, Notre Dame, seven and one. Uh, I think this is fair. I think this is about where a one loss team should be, a, a one loss P five team at least. Notre Dame is quite good. They're not they're not elite this year. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but they are a, a really solid team that's probably making a New York six. Notre Dame, yeah, I I mean, they're going to make a New York 6, New York 6. They, I think number 10 is just about right for them. They have a lot of weirdly close games. They play down to their opponent. 
Yeah. But I, I don't think they should get too punished for that. Yeah, that's fair. Number 11, Oklahoma State, 7-1. and one. Uh, f- Happy for them. I, again, I think this is about a good spot for a, a one-loss team. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, if it, what's really interesting is to, to think about if they win out, how that's going to impact the playoffs. I don't think they do, but it's it's interesting to, to humor. Yeah, it's very interesting. We do have a lot of one-loss teams that if they win out, things can get very interesting. Exactly. Number 12, Baylor, 7-1. Uh, literally the same scenario. It kind of comes down exactly. to how they do against... Uh, you know, Oklahoma down the road. So this should be... They a, did beat Texas last week. They did? Hey. In-state rival. And Texas, Texas blew another big fourth quarter lead, by the way. It's, it's just typical Texas. Yeah. Man, I it, the Big 12 is actually shaping up to have a pretty interesting photo finish at the end here. Should be fun. Yeah. Number 13, Auburn, 6-2. and two. Uh, They're, like, really sussy. I would put Texas A&M above Auburn just because of the Bama win. Auburn, like... They're good, but I, I I'm not sold yet. I'm not convinced. Well, okay, with Auburn, it's one of those things where <clears throat> they either they either play like they're the number one team in the country, or they play like they're the fiftieth team in the True. country, and there's no in between. That's just how Auburn is. It's fair. So it's hard to rank them. Yeah. Number fourteen, Texas A and M, six and two. Uh, this one's weird because like Texas A and M has currently the best win in the entire nation, um, and I. I I think 14's reasonable, but I would I would just put them above Auburn. I really would. I think they're the best two-loss team in the country. I do think they're the best two-loss team in the country. They have improved a lot. That oh, yeah. Bama game was really the culmination of the work they had to put in the beginning of the season to get their backup quarterback yeah. uh, just ready to play. Yeah. So I uh, props to Jimbo, the the real Jimbo Fisher. Real. No offense. I get it. I get it. <laughs> For bringing that together. <laughs> Number 15, BYU, 7-2. and two. Um, actually, uh, kind of surprised on this one that BYU is this high, being like kind of a G five after all. I know they're technically not, but they're essentially a G five. Yeah, but I I'm okay with it though. I think a seven and two BYU should be fifteen. That that does sound about right. Yeah, I, I guess it sounds right. I don't know. Um, not so BYU is one of those teams that's usually well, they are they're usually like what an eight and four, nine and three team, and that's where that. they're going to end up. Yeah. 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 Uh, number sixteen, Ole Miss, six and two. Again, Ole Miss, man, it's weird. I'm I'm always surprised they won six games because it seems like so many of the games they've been winning recently have been really close. They barely survived Arkansas, Tennessee by by less than a touchdown. They just lost to Auburn. It, it feels like they're trending downward, which is a little bit concerning. So, I guess sixteen is okay now. I don't think it lasts very long though. I think they start to lose some games here. I think it'll be interesting to watch them. I think Lane Kiffin has them chugging along pretty nicely. We'll just see what happens. See what happens. Number 17, Mississippi State. Okay, five this, and three. this is actually egregious. F- five and three, by the way. Five and three. Um, y- you look at their 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 resume. They did beat AM. That's 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 decent. But outside of that, I, I don't know, man. Like three losses. I, North Carolina State, by the way. I feel like I say this as a fan of a team with three losses. If you have three losses at this point in the season, you probably shouldn't be ranked. It doesn't mean you're bad. doesn't mean the season's over. You just you probably shouldn't be ranked this high this early on. They did. They have actually some weird... Mississippi State is kind of like Auburn in that they either play lights out or <laughs> yeah. just play completely awful. They have wins versus number 12, Kentucky, number 15, Texas A&M, and versus 6-2, and two, North Carolina State. But then they lost to Memphis and LSU, got destroyed by Bama. Like, it's it's very... Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying is it's so hard to predict Mississippi State and Auburn for that yeah. matter. Yeah. All right, Kentucky at 6-2. and two. 
Uh, reasonable. I think this is a good good place for them. Uh, I mean, Kentucky is Kentucky. Not not the best six and two team, but a six and two team nonetheless. Pretty solid. It's a pretty solid six and two. This is really good for Kentucky football. So props to them. Props to them. Yeah. Number nineteen. We've been talking about them a little bit. North Carolina State at six and two. Hey, they got that legit win over Clemson. Okay, Clemson's not that good, but it's it's still pretty impressive. Um, really though, like overall, NC State's low key having a decent year. Um, I, I think 19 actually might be a, a little bit, a little bit low. I'd maybe put them around like 17 ish, but I, I think this is still pretty good. Yeah, they have a, they have some pretty good wins. Well, they, I guess the Clemson and the BC win are pretty good. Yeah. They did lose to Miami. who's kind of meh. It's close one, them looking better. It's a one point loss. Yeah. 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 It was very close. And they did lose to Mississippi state very early in the season. True. Number 20, a team I know you're excited <laughs> to talk about Minnesota. Uh, uh, listen, dude, right. listen. They played. They played no one. They they lost to Bowling Green. They can have their fun. You have to understand. You know how we talk about Georgia fans thinking they've already won the national championship. Minnesota fans just they already believe they've won the Big Ten West. They already they're already booking their flights to Indy. Okay, listen. We control our own destiny, and the, the Big Ten West is going to come down to our game uh, for the Axe later on in November, and uh, we'll, we'll beat them. I'm on the record for that right now. We will beat lose them. to Bowling Green. We will Bowling beat Minnesota. Is Minnesota is not that three and good. Six. Yeah, Minnesota will be exposed in due time. Trust me. They're going to lose to Iowa. They're going to lose to us. They won't be ranked by the end of the year. I will quote you on this. Please. All right. Ranked one spot below Minnesota <laughs> is 5-3 and three Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, listen, like I said, um, we, we probably don't deserve to be here having three losses, though it is fair to extrapolate that we're probably going to win the next few games and be decent. Um, I've said before, proud of this team, the turnaround. We control our destiny. Just keep winning, man. That's all I care about at this point. The, the the numbers, the rankings, doesn't matter. Just win. Wisconsin is one of those teams that started out, came out really slow, but is slowly pulling it together yeah. and is probably going to finish strong. I can see them finishing strong. Maybe not beating Ohio State, but no. finishing strong nonetheless. No, one, no one's beating Ohio State in the Big Ten, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> all right. And ranked one spot below them, the team they just beat, Iowa, at 6-2. Iowa is so weird, dude. It's crazy to think like two weeks ago they were the number two team in the country. How the how the mighty have fallen. And how time flies. Yeah, time does fly. I, I still think Iowa's probably going to finish like nine and three. It's like twenty two is reasonable, honestly. I I wouldn't unrank them. They they're still a pretty talented team, a really good defense. Like they they do have a, a pretty legit defense. So they're good. They're obviously not playoff caliber, but they're they're a decent team. Yeah, their quarterback play is just too bad, and their offense is too bad for me to give them a ton of respect. But they're another one of those just typical it's the Big Ten high. I don't, how do how do I say it? High mediocre. Big Ten <laughs> that's fair. They can yeah. they can go eight and four, nine and three, whatever. Yeah, that's that's all, that's about right. Yeah. Number twenty three, Fresno State, at seven and two. This one's interesting because a lot of people have been throwing out conspiracies that they're, they're propping up Fresno State to make Oregon's almost loss look a bit better i don't think it's that fresno state actually has some really good wins they beat ucla they were they almost beat oregon they did beat san diego state it's just it's it's interesting to think about i i think they should be ranked obviously seven to two is a pretty good record regardless of g5 p5 that deserves being ranked so i'm okay with it i just i do question the motive I do like their quarterback, Jake Hayner. If you remember, yeah. I had him as my September Heisman, yeah. one of my September Heisman finalists. Didn't seem to work out, but, I mean, it was a good guess. Speaking 
of San Diego State. They are number hey. 24. And I want to point out really quick, please. a lot of these teams that I'm starting to see, like, they just played each other, like, <laughs> yeah. right right below each other. There has to be something to that. I'm not going to say it's, like, some conspiracy, but it's probably it's just lazy. that's the reference point. It's like lazy. It's a reference point. It's kind of lazy, yeah. Well, because like, you got Wisconsin, then Iowa next to each other. Then you got Fresno State and San Diego State right next to each other. It's like, come on. <laughs> and Minnesota, Wisconsin, too. And then Kentucky, North Carolina State. Yeah, yeah. Like right Mississippi there. State. It's just, it's funny. But yeah, San Diego State, uh, yeah, 7 and 1. Um, pretty good. I think that's fair. They lost their first game versus Fresno State last week, and they play at Hawaii. As the uh, ten, what is it? The it's not Pac 12 after dark, but it's Mountain West after dark. Yeah, that's be going to be the game that's going to be our fever dream game while we're trying to go to bed. Can't wait. <laughs> and finally, at number 25, we have Pittsburgh, a, another team that beat Clemson but lost to Miami. Um, yeah, I, I it's weird, man. Pitt's frustrating because if they just like didn't blow it against Western Michigan and Miami. They'd like low key be in the playoff conversation, but it, it just. I would say so. Their quarterback is good enough. It just feels like they blow these. Like they they did, they had no business losing to Miami or Western Michigan. It's frustrating because we see the potential, you know. Oh yeah, Miami has looked better to for the to their credit. With Pittsburgh, it's just I don't know. I just don't think they have the talent and depth to really keep up week to week. So yep. they're going to be down to blow some of these games. That's, that's a good way to put it. Meet of their schedule. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right. Well, that concludes it. That was that was fun. Rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on in into next week's predictions here. Um, I've only got a couple of games I wanted to talk about. This is something of a slow week, I suppose you could say. Um, but. <laughs> There, there's still it's a few the games. Calm before the storm. It, it really is. It really is. I think the last couple of weeks are going to be crazy. But right now, I think there's like one ranked matchup the entire week. Um, yes, that ranked matchup is Auburn versus Texas A&M. Sure, let's go into it. Yeah, so I I have no idea what to say about this game. And that's only because <laughs> of Auburn being the most up and down team. I just said this just a couple minutes ago. True. They're either going to play like the best team in the country or like the 50th team in the country. And Texas A&M at this point is pretty consistent. They've consistently improved. Yeah. So I think Texas A&M is going to play at a pretty high level. Their quarterback, Zach Haynes, I think that's his name. Or is it Calzada? Cal- Calzone, dude. Calzone. With Calzone. Yeah, we let Calzone. Calzone. Yeah. Zach Calzada. Exactly. Yeah. He's been playing decently enough. Texas A&M is playing at a relatively high level. They have some pretty good talent. So it's really going to depend, again, on Bo Nix and his quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately what the game is going to hinge on. However, the game is at Kyle Field at College Station. True. So if I had to pick one, I'd pick Texas A&M just for that simple fact. Because I think just him not being in his home stadium is enough to potentially rattle Bo Nix. Yeah, like he struggled at Penn State earlier in the season. I think he can get a bit rattled on the road. Um, I, I like Texas A&M this one. I think that... I think they're legit, man. I really think they turned their season around with that Bama win. Um, and just kind of keeping the train rolling to this point. Like, they're, they're probably not going to be in a position to, to compete for, you know, the SEC championship. But if they win out, they'd be 10 2, probably ranked, you know, top 10, New York 6. So they still have a lot to play for. And I, I think they, they find a way to win this one against Auburn. If Alabama loses to Auburn, then Texas AM <laughs> does control their own destiny. Like, exactly. That's you know that, that'd be interesting. <laughs> the playoff committee would be in shambles, but it'd be we interesting. We play at Auburn this year. And that's that's true. all I'm gonna say. Are you going to the game? 
Uh, we actually probably are. One of my wife's friends has a tailgate at Auburn that went to Auburn. So wow, we might Auburn. go there. Conflict yeah. of interest. Hmm. <laughs> it's not a conflict of interest at all. We we have no qualms. It's fair. All right. Uh, one game I wanted to talk about this weekend. I, I feel like it, I'm talking about them a lot in this on the show, but I, I really got to talk about it. Number nine, undefeated Wake Forest at North Carolina. So here's the deal. Okay. North Carolina is, believe it or not, in my opinion, one of the better teams Wake is going to face so far this season. Uh, yes, the Tar Heels are 4-4, four and four, uh, but they're, they're somewhat unpredictable. They tend to win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. They're not very consistent. Um, and they just got off giving a very good Notre Dame team a, a good fight. Um, if you recall, they played Notre Dame on the road last week. At one point, it was like a, a one-score game, I think, in like the fourth quarter. So uh, they, they've proven they can... You know, at least at least compete with uh, you know some of the some of the tougher opponents that they face, and in large part, I think that's because of Mac Brown. I think he's he's one of the best coaches Wake Forest will face all year. And one final statistic for North Carolina's favor: ESPN's FPI actually favors UNC in this game, uh, like fifty-five percent really? to forty-five percent. Yeah, they they actually the statistics favor North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina is favored by two and a half. It's crazy. Yeah, like so like Vegas likes them, ESPN's power rankings like them. Um and again, with Wake, you know, <laughs> it's like a touchy subject cuz I it, I I don't want people thinking that like I hate them and I don't want them to win. Like I think it is a feel good story. I think it's cool when other teams and conferences step up. You know, I'm I'm glad it's not Clemson this year, right? I'm glad it's not just Clemson running the ACC and we got something to mix it up. But I just I don't think they're legit. I I really think they're just kind of begging to be exposed eventually. And coming up, man, they play a rough stretch of games. They play North Carolina, NC State, and Clemson for their next three games. I think they maybe win like one of those games. So I, I, I think this is the point in the year where we really are going to start to see the drop off in Wake Forest. Even if they win, I think this is going to be around the point where, where the, the roller coaster starts to go downhill. As a Bama fan, I know <laughs> Bama is known for a uh, for. Putting being a damper on everybody's feel good story yep. of the season. Yeah. So I guess I'll continue that trend. This is probably going to be the week that Wake Forest loses. I, I honestly believe that their yep. defense has been very suspect very. lately. They gave up fifty six to Army, thirty seven to Syracuse, thirty four to Louisville. Yeah. North Carolina has one of the best offenses, if not the best offense, in the ACC. They have Sam Howell, who's still really good. North Carolina puts up points. The thing is, they also get a lot of points put up on them. True. Yeah, I, I so see I this favorite It's it's probably gonna be a shootout, wouldn't you say? Like it, it has to be doing these two. It's gonna be a shootout, and the fact that they're favored, I think that says a lot because it's not like North Carolina is one of those teams that ESPN just loves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's North Carolina, man. At the end of the day, yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know. I think at a minimum it should be it should be pretty exciting, especially if it if it does come down to a shootout. You know, those are always fun to watch. But as much as I want Wake to succeed, I just I think that I think that we're coming near the the end of their uh, their hype train. It's it's basically what happened to Iowa. I think is going to happen to Wake Forest. It's kind of how I look at. Yep. It. Yeah, I agree. Um, on the Alabama LSU game. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I no, please talk about something. it. Talk about it. I want to hear about well, it. Well, okay. I'm going to talk about the emotion aspect of it. Okay. It's so game. if you remember last two years ago, LSU came to Tuscaloosa and won. He, Coach Orgeron had some things to say in the locker room. Oh, my God. I remember that. 
<laughs> and here's the thing. I actually don't have a problem with that necessarily. Like, whatever. Their, their players even came to talk to our recruits and stuff on the field after the game. Wow. And I'm like, come on. But the things they were saying, the what was the pie, paid Pied Piper? Pied Piper? Yeah. It's going to be that. Because here's the thing. Recruits know better when you say stuff that's like, we're going to beat Bama's ass okay. every year. Here's we're on this. We're the dynasty now. Here's we're the thing. When you, when you get one win in 10 years and you start talking like that, <laughs> people can sniff that out. Yeah. Okay, and the, the we're going to remember. The thing, saving holds grudges. To be fair, that probably happens every single week in college football. It, that was leaked, right? Like some random kid like videotaped it and it was like, you know, like it's basically in the locker room. There's like a no videotaping policy with that stuff, right? When coaches talking. But some kid did. Like I... I I, I get why you're upset because it was kind of cringy in retrospect, but it, that probably happened when Texas A&M beat you too. You got. I, mean, I don't that. have any problem. I don't have any problem with the coach after beating us saying like talking about how they kicked our ass, whatever. Because they yeah. did. It's the whole. It's the whole like extrapolating that to be we're the new big kid on the block. It's just cringy because <laughs> do they even really believe that? You what if you beat us one time? Congratulations. Talk your talk your crap. You I mean, burned it. That was a good. But year. the whole like we're we're the new year. dynasty thing. It yeah. just it just comes off as like I get act it. like you've been there before. I, I get it. They hadn't really. They hadn't. So that's probably why they're like. And you that. can tell. And you can tell. And I think recruits could sniff that out too. Man. So do you think there's gonna be a lot of emotions in this game? A lot of you know Bamba players kind of looking to get some revenge, maybe. So Brian Robinson even said in an interview where he said, yeah, I remember what happened two years ago. I remember what they said. And when I saw that he said that in an interview over the course of the week, I was like, we're going to put up 60 on them. <laughs> yeah. This seems like the kind of game, like usually Nick Saban will kind of like ease off the gas, like in the third quarter, you know, once they hit like 49. Uh, off the gas. There's He's no, gonna, yeah. <laughs> he does not, I don't think he has a lot of respect for Coach O. Yeah. And Kaucho is one of those types of people that, just based on his personality, he was bound to shoot himself in the foot given enough time. And Saban was willing to let it happen. He played the long game. That's why you can't beat Saban, dude. It's not just a one-year thing. It's it's like a decade-long war of aggression. You know? I mean, oh yeah, war of aggression. <laughs> I think like the war of northern aggression. SEC shout out oh, there. God. All right, uh, switching topics here. Going back to the north here. I, one game I just want to talk about. And this is really my last game of the week. There's not. Not too many games I'm interested in, but uh, a game that, that is kind of on my radar is number five, Michigan State at Purdue. All right, so here's the thing. You know, we, we've been handing out the that was their Super Bowl award these last few weeks. I, I really yeah. think defeating Michigan was Michigan State's Super Bowl. I really do. And, and this game has trap game written all over it, all right? Because here's the deal. I'm not convinced Michigan State is still like a, a playoff team. They're good. I don't think they're really a, they're, they're they're that legit though, and I I get a fear that they're going to be kind of hungover from their big win last week. Um, lest we forget, last year they had an undefeated Michigan their first loss as well, and the following week, look at this up, Michigan State lost to Iowa forty nine to seven. To be fair, that was so early in the season was, we didn't really know it was. But it's just to give you an idea. I mean, with rivalries, you know, like emotions are high. And often fueling this, and the real question for me is how they come back after a big win like that. Um, and to be fair to Purdue, real quick, Purdue is five and three. And to be fair, 
to Purdue. Okay, their three losses come from Notre Dame, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. All ranked teams in this new college football playoff ranking. So it's not like they're losing to nobodies, okay? They're getting the job done against, you know, most teams they face. Um, beyond that, I, I find that Purdue's greatest weakness is turning the ball over. Okay, they, they, they turn the ball over, I think, like five times against us. You're not going to win a game when you turn the ball over five times. But the thing is, you know, turnovers are kind of unpredictable. And I think if Purdue can hang out of the ball, they've got a really good, fast, high-flying offense, the kind that can put up points quickly. If they can just, like, get a lead on Michigan State early and really force Michigan State to play from behind and have to have to throw the ball as well, I, I think Purdue can pull off the upset. I really do. This is at Purdue as well, which is going to maybe play a factor into this. Um, at a minimum, I, I think Michigan State should not be caught sleeping because this might be a, a potentially trap uh, trap game. I could see it. It is at Purdue. It However, is. it's not Purdue at night. True. It is true. I don't know. I, I think Michigan State, man, you look at their schedule. They, you know, they still have Ohio State and Penn State coming up uh, as the final two games of the season. Going to be looking ahead. They I might be looking ahead here. Yeah, um, and I, again, like you said, looking ahead isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. But when you're when you're playing a five and three team on the road, it's the, there's the potential, right? There's the potential here. There's the potential. They have to be very careful. I think I would hope most Big Ten teams understand the the scariness that can be playing at Purdue. <laughs> I know Mel Tucker's new, dude. He's new. Got to remember that. That's, that's true. That's very true. So yeah, this should be a good one. Um, I mean. <laughs> Michigan State probably wins, let's be honest. But I, I could see it getting dicey. Say, you know, same goes for North Carolina Wake. I think this could get dicey. Something to keep on your radar in an otherwise probably unnoteworthy weekend. All right. And on that note, I think we can probably um, just about wrap it up here. It's kind of a shorter episode, but yeah, it was it was good to talk we about the playoffs. We covered a lot of topics. We covered the college. The call covered pole assassin. Pole assassin, dude. That's the Playoff big story. Rankings. Yeah, we're the pole assassins this week. But uh, no, I mean this should be, you know, I, we're getting to a, we're getting to that point of the year, man. We're like, it's the home stretch, you know. We got like four games left, four weeks left of this, and then it's, it's championship weekend, and so this is this is kind of where the fun is is about to begin. I, I agree with what you said earlier, the calm before the storm, you know. Yep. All right. Once again, thank you all for listening. I'm Jimbo, your host. Randy, co-host. I'm Randy. Um, it's been it's been fun, folks. Uh, thanks for once again for sticking with us through all this. This has been a fun year. I'm having a, I'm having a blast, Randy. Are you? I'm having a blast. I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm enjoying all the guests we've had come on, and to everybody else that said they wanted to be a guest, I have a notepad file with your name out, <laughs> with does. your name on it. He does. We're just looking for the right weeks to do it. I just want y'all to understand we have like busy schedules, so it can be hard to find times to record. That y'all are also free. It's true. That's mostly it. It's true. And that, we, we, that can also give Jimbo time to edit it. Thank you, Jimbo. That's true. Well, unedited, but yeah, um, yeah. It's it's always oh, a blast oh. having having guests on. So um, we look forward to having hopefully some on you know next week to discuss some of these games. Uh, but until then, once again, I'm Jimbo, Randy. I'm Randy. And uh, roll tide. I'm Wisconsin.